Building a TMF metrics program from nothing can be a daunting task for many TMF teams. Without effective measurement of TMF metrics, it's difficult to identify and address gaps in your process that contribute to inspection readiness issues. But where do you start? In this episode of the State of TMF, we'll explore the steps you need to take to build a TMF metrics program from scratch, learning how to define KPIs, collect and analyze data, and assign responsibility. So whether you're just getting started with TMF metrics or looking to optimize your existing program, you won't want to miss this episode. The State of TMF is officially in session. Let's get into it. Now, Donatella, I know when it comes to metrics, I know that there's a favorite quote that you have that you share with every customer um, from someone that I think everyone will know. Walk us through that kind of famous quote that you hold near and dear to your heart. Yeah, thank you, Oliver. I think that, uh, you know, when we do this uh, training on metrics with our customer, because training is one of the topics of our TMF maturity packages because it's a very important topic when it comes to TMF management. Uh, definitely, this is a quote that, let's say, incorporated the meaning of the implementation of metrics in your TMF process. So we are going to see during this uh, uh, slide that there are lots of things that you can measure in your TMF. Metrics uh, are almost everywhere. Uh, your TMF uh, is not just a collection of documents, but you will see it as a repository of important data and very useful data. But because they are a lot, uh, you need to identify what are very useful for your business, what are useful for your process. And uh, if they, you see that you are not improving anything, stop looking at them because it means that you didn't develop uh, the right goals, the right objective. So it's really a very important step in the process to identify what metrics apply to your TMF process. Uh, so we will see during next slides what I'm referring to, but definitely because inside the TMF, there are lots of data, focus only on those that really matters, that really makes a difference, that really makes your process improved and more inspection ready. I love it. So, and it, just for those that are listening, so the, the, the quote is actually from Mark Twain. If the metrics you are looking at aren't useful in optimizing your strategy, stop looking at them. And I think that is going to be kind of a key theme as we go through today's discussion um, all around how to build a metrics program, but they've got to be meaningful. They've got to be useful in helping you make better decisions um, and improving your overall strategy. So, I know that both of us love talking about metrics, Donatella. Um, so, yeah. you know, I don't know why. On, I mean, uh, I think that uh, we know what metrics are basically, but uh, I think that it would be important, uh, first of all, to define uh, why RTMF metrics is important. So, Oliver, in your opinion and by your experience, uh, why are the main reasons that makes TMF metrics so important in the process? Yeah, it's a it's a really great question. So when it, when it comes to metrics, I think like the quote says, it's important to think about what you're trying to achieve, right? So when we think about uh, metrics, I like to think about each of the individual letters in the word metrics. So M, which is measure where you are. So you got to think about 
what is your current state of affairs? What's the benchmark that you want to set to be able to understand that starting point? Because you got to you got to know where you are before you figure out where you're going. The next is evaluate inspection readiness. They can be a really useful tool in the world of TMF to understand how ready you are for a specific inspection. Now, obviously, we've got the kind of the three core metrics that everybody focuses on, but there are other metrics that could help us understand how ready we are for an inspection. Then I think we've got to think about um, how we can identify trends sooner rather than later. Are there things that we can see within the data itself that enable us to understand what potential issues we have today or that we might have in the future? Um, so I think that's also so really, really important. I think also we have to you know, metrics give us a really great understanding of what our current reality is. I think so many of us who, especially for those of us that have been in the space for a really, really long time, will have a natural inclination to see something and then kind of rely on their instinct or their gut feeling. And some of the time, if you've got a ton of experience, that gut feeling can carry you quite far. But metrics are going to be able to tell you a much more concrete and complete story that's going to help you make better decisions. I think also... Metrics are important because they help you identify issues and areas that you should be focusing on versus other areas that maybe aren't important. And that can sometimes pull into that gut feeling. Maybe you don't need to be focusing on the metrics that you think you should be, um, but that there's some information that you've been able to gather that help you say, maybe I should be focusing in a different area. I think it also allows us to check compliance with the TMF plan. You know, if we've defined what our um, sort of process is, how we want our teams to work, how we want the the, the process ultimately to unfold, um, it allows us to use metrics to verify whether we are complying with what we've set out to do. Um, and then I think metrics, as always, are a really great way to share team successes. So if there are things where we've seen metrics improve over time, or if there's certain metrics that were lagging and are now improving, we've ha we have to, you know, we can use those metrics to celebrate those successes with the team. Um, one of the things that I think is, is you know, really important, and I think everybody agrees that metrics are, are important to TMF teams, but Donatella, what are some of the reasons or how can metrics help us answer key questions about our TMF process or model? Yeah, absolutely. Oliver, I love this list, definitely, because uh, I think that here in the list, there are the key messages for a uh, why we are using TMF metrics and why they are so important. So it's uh, necessary to implement the metrics in our TMF process because uh, they can answer uh, a relevant question about uh, around our TMF process. If you want to know the answer about, for example, uh, if you are in compliance with your SOP, if you are in deviation, uh, if you are uh, in compliance with the regulatory requirement that we know that there are lots of regulatory requirements in the TMF environment, uh, if you are in compliance with your plan, uh, with your protocol. So you really need to have this, this data, this measurement uh, to help you to understand the status. And as you said, the status is relevant to understand to, su to support the, the, the improvement. Because without uh, you know, knowing the level that you are now managing, you can't improve, you can't identify where to focus your resources, where you focus uh, your strategy. So it's really important to know this data, to know this information, uh, to develop the right strategy and the right plan. Always, also, mm, always with the goal of inspection readiness, because I think that uh, at the end of the day, we all want to be inspection ready with our TMF. So TMF metrics can really 
answer the question, uh, are you inspection ready? So definitely uh, they are very important and there, there can be a lot of questions they can answer to give you an idea of uh, what you are living in terms of TMF process and how you can improve it, where to focus uh, uh, this strategy for your improvement. But I don't think, uh, I mean, I think that we did uh, a very good uh, introduction in terms of what metrics are, why they are so important. And I think that uh, all the people uh, in this virtual room agree that uh, metrics are important for a good and appropriate TMF management. But uh, things not always go in the right way. You know, we, we don't live in a perfect world. So Oliver, uh, why and where do you think that... Uh, you know, metrics uh, uh, go wrong? Uh, where do you think that people uh, don't implement the right metrics uh, in their process? Uh, what what's go wrong, can go wrong by your experience? Yeah, I, I think like, like anything that you're trying to improve, um, there are, there's a, re it's really, really easy to take um, you know, too much time in planning um, and too much time in sort of focusing on the wrong things. So, you know, one of the things that one of the first things I see when where people go wrong with metrics is focusing on too many metrics. So when you think about defining your metric strategy, it's important to focus on the metrics that truly matter to achieving your goal. So, you know, try and attract too many metrics can be like overwhelming for the team. It can make it difficult to identify what's really important. and Ultimately, it's better to focus on a few key metrics that are closely aligned with maybe your business objectives than it is to try and focus on every single metric. Um, I think the other thing is sometimes we tend to neglect, uh, you know, defining the purpose for metrics. We just say, oh, let's track everything. Um, you know, before defining what metrics you want to track, it's important to understand what you want to achieve and, and why you want to achieve it. And then think about the metrics that are going to help you give, help give you that insight um, to, to improving those, those different, uh, you know, goals or object objectives that you're looking at. I think the other kind of uh, focus that kind of ties into that is not measuring the right thing. So if we, sometimes we start to think about things that maybe someone else has said, oh, maybe we should track this or maybe we should track that. Um, but sometimes we we might start you know, developing a program where we're measuring things that actually don't have an impact or don't help us make better decisions. Um, I think sometimes there's also a consideration for limitation of metrics. Uh, you know, are we not using the right tool set? Do we not have tools that help you know, collate and and collect that information so that we can get the right metrics. If we go out there and build a metrics plan, um, but we can't actually implement it, well, that's a ton of wasted time. Um, and then I think finally, um, one of the things that I see over and over and over again is to communicate internally what the strategy is for metrics. Um, you know, your metric strategy should be communicated as clearly as you can to everybody that's going to be impacted by those metrics or contributes to those metrics and help them understand what is being measured and why it's being measured. So I think those are some of the things where I see this you know, where people go wrong with metrics. The big one for me is often focusing on too many metrics. And we talk a lot about, you know, here yeah, at Montreal, building absolutely. a roadmap, absolutely. right, Donatella? Exactly. Yeah, if I can add an example, an example for you, you know, there was this customer, uh, we had a training with them and, uh, you know, the funny thing is that they implemented 
21 metrics for the TMF management process based on the TMF reference model, because if you go to on the web page, there are these, you know, suggestion of the list of metrics that you can implement in TMF. And they implemented everything, just saying, okay, they will help us to be inspection ready, to be more in compliance. Can you imagine what does it mean to manage 21 metrics, <laughs> you know, how to measure all these metrics uh, on a regular basis, how to check the result, uh, define the action for each result. I mean, it's not feasible. I mean, uh, you really need to, to focus on what is, is a majority pr the priority for you, what makes the difference in your process, uh, and maybe you can have uh, a different approach and a step approach, so you can maybe this year focus uh, on the timeliness and the next year on the quality. So, don't think that uh, just measure everything will solve the, the issue and will make inspection ready because it will, it will, you will fail. I mean, it's impossible. Uh, you really need, as Oliver said, focus on what is really important, what can make the difference and what can make you improve in your TMF process. So the first step in this process to define the goals and the metrics is really important. Exactly. This is what I was telling you. I think that the, first, the very first step in this process of metrics implementation is to define the goals and the objective, uh, reminding always that there's no the rule, one size fits all. So don't copy and paste a matrix developed by someone else, developed by a best practice or another company, because you need to understand based on your company need, based on your company model, on your TMF processes, on your resources, what are the best metrics to measure? What are the best metrics that can really make the difference, can really help me to improve my process and do a step-by-step -step process? So identify the goals that you want to achieve. Uh, you know, it can be uh, implement a better uh, quality check, uh, obviously. Again, the, the very first and goal is inspection readiness, but that means completeness, quality, timeliness. So define what is the goal, the granularity goal inside an inspection readiness. You want to achieve more oversight, maybe. You want to have better performances from your CRO, from the vendors, or for your, your internal team. Define your goals and then identify the metrics that can help you to support those goals. And a very, let's say, common and general suggestion and approach is ensure that these objectives are smart, so specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. So, first step define the goals that you want to achieve and identify the metrics that can support you and lead achieve those goals. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think that there's some, you know, starting by identifying what objectives you have or the goals that you're trying to achieve is, is obviously the foundation. Once you've understood that this is where you want to be, now you need to figure out, well, how, where are we now? So you start to think about what are the metrics that we need to create that are tied to these specific goals or begin to measure. And then from there, understand what that kind of initial benchmark might be. So if we go back to sort of our um, metrics program implementation process, the first step being set goals and objectives. And then now we move on to identifying your metrics of, uh, of focus. Now, when it comes to metrics, 
I think most on the line and most people listening to this will have heard of the kind of trifecta of TMF metrics, quality, completeness, and timeliness. But Donatella, there are some other metrics that we might want to consider, and even maybe some metrics within quality, completeness, and timeliness that are a little bit more granular. Maybe you could explore that for us for a second. Yes, absolutely. So as you said, I think that uh, all the people that are online today uh, know that uh, quality, completeness, and timeliness are the three main pillars uh, to ensure the inspection readiness, uh, that uh, they are what you know, an inspector want to see in our TMF. Uh, we all agree on that. Uh, but these are the macro area. These are the macro, the, the group under which there are subgroups of, of metrics of data. Because what does it mean, quality? Quality can be, you know, uh, how many, uh, the percentage of duplicates uh, in my TMF. Uh, it can be uh, the different uh, quality issue. So for example, signature missing, date missing, duplicates, wrong metadata that I've got in my TMF. So uh, for quality, there is a lot of uh, aspect that you can measure. Same for completeness and timeliness. It's not just a matter of verify, you know, if all the pieces of the story are there. You can also verify um, if they have, have been uploaded in the right time, in the right way, uh, following your processes, because obviously uh, inspectors are not waiting for having uploaded everything the, the day before the inspection. So everything must be uploaded on, in a timely manner. So you can uh, you know, measure the time that you create the document, uh, develop the document and upload the document to your TMF. Because uh, uh, I saw, <laughs> believe me, people that, uh, create a document today, let's say April, but it is uploaded and you see in the TMF even six months later. That is not, uh, you know, upload and manage your TMF in a timely manner. Completeness, you need to understand if based on your index, if based on the placeholder that you have put, if based on your milestone or event, you are filling in a complete way your TMF. So as you said, there are lots of uh, granularity to understand inside these three main pillars, but they are not the only metrics that you can measure. You put here administrative system use and volume metrics. These are, let's say, not less known, but maybe less, uh, uh, less common, less used, but very useful metric as well. Uh, let's think about uh, the volume. So how many documents or how many pages of documents are you managing your TMF? Uh, it, it can be it can be important to measure this uh, this kind of uh, of data because uh, you need to maybe know this data for a, uh, for a vendor to have a proposal. You need to maybe understand uh, the volume of documentation managed by your team, so understand some statistic uh, aspect. So they can be measured inside a TMF and they can be you know uh, fitting for purpose based on your need. Uh, system use you can understand. Uh, uh, if, uh, you know, for example, one person with the access never access to TMF. So, you know, you can uh, ask your question, okay, why this person has an access to the TMF, but never access to the system. Uh, or another one always access to the system without, you know, having uh, the proper permission or uh, the, uh, the proper reason to access to the system. So there are lots of data that you can capture, analyze, and define what to do. Administrative, also, you know, uh, who is the ownership, uh, 
of the ETMF, who is going to do the administrative task inside the TMF. So these are aspects related to the model of your TMF process that can really help you to improve your organization, your resources administration, and your model in terms of TMF management. So don't let's say limit yourself to quality completeness timeliness definitely these are the main three metrics we know and we all agree but there are also other you know metrics that you can use that can be very helpful so always uh, uh, keep in mind that uh, tmf has also this information inside of it and i think you know you you touched on something that was really interesting there specifically around volume right so you know, to, today we, we focus a lot on what's the, the, the timeliness of documentation? How timely are we at filing? How, how, how complete is the TMF based on what we've defined? But when we think about trying to scale, and I was having a conversation earlier this morning about how do we scale from where we are today in the future? How do we plan for that scale? And so using things like volume metrics to understand, well, how many documents can this type of resource process, QC, index, whatever the task might be within a given time period. That's going to help us understand if we anticipate a higher volume, maybe we're, you know, we're starting a larger study or we're expanding our study, whatever it might be, we want to understand what can we do with our current team and what do we need to do in terms of growing our team to be able to support that additional volume. Without looking at those types of metrics, we're going to be guessing, right? Yeah, I think that's that's I that's really important. I think I think system use, again, is also, like you mentioned on the teller, very, very interesting because if you've got, let's say, a key stakeholder that maybe in your SOP is defined as someone that is performing a certain action in the TMF, but again, you see that that individual logs in infrequently, well, that is a huge flag to an inspector that maybe the process isn't being followed. And so some of these sort of you know, shadow metrics or side metrics that most people maybe don't consider can be really useful in understanding some of those gaps that you might uncover or an inspector might uncover in an inspection. If you only follow, uh, focus on quality, completeness and timeliness and don't think about some of the other um, areas, you might find yourself coming up against some friction as you go yeah. through an audit or inspect the TMF itself. Perfect. So what I'd love to do now is move on to kind of the next step in the process. So we've set our goals and objectives. We've talked about what we're trying to achieve. We've mapped the metrics that we want to, to track to the objectives that we're trying to achieve. Now we need to think about who's going to be involved in that process, right, Donatella? When we think about um, defining responsibility and accountability, what are some of the things that you typically kind of recommend to customers in this area? Yes, absolutely. This is a very critical step. Uh, and it's the most challenging one, I would say, uh, talking with customer, uh, because uh, is the answer to the question, okay, who is doing what? So basically, okay, we all agree that metrics are important. Maybe we we develop the right list of metrics, uh, we define the right uh, goals. Uh, now, now someone needs to, to be responsible, you know, for capturing the metrics. Uh, for capturing this data and to, um, to document them and to share this, uh, this outcome. So defining who is responsible for this kind of activity in the process uh, is really crucial because otherwise, uh, you know, you will have a process and uh, it will be challenging to define uh, 
from whom the, the final deliverable of the matrix uh, needs to come. So it's really important. Uh, and for example, we suggest uh, to develop uh, a RACI table for doing uh, this kind of identification and assignment of responsibility in the TMF plan. Because majority of the time uh, you use matrix uh, in the, let's say in the majority of the scenario that I've seen, uh, share, they are shared with the, the zero. So basically you've got the sponsor and the zero and the matrix uh, is part of this uh, relationship, let's say. So it's very important to understand who is going, you know, to, to check the matrix result in this process, in this relationship, and uh, what's, the what's the consequences, what the, the next step based on the outcome. So define the TMF plan, who is responsible for measuring the matrix, uh, and defining uh, who is accountable, informed, consulting for anything uh, metrics related is really crucial because otherwise, uh, you know, a very important step of the process is missing. So our suggestion, and we see uh, last year that uh, it worked very well, was defined in the RACI table inside the TMF plan, the list of activities related to the metrics program defining who is responsible. And even if you are not working with a zero and you're uh, doing everything internally, it's important to say clarify even internally who is responsible for doing that because it can be you know, the CTA or the CPM or a TMF lead. So it depends really on your model, on your organization, but define accountability responsibility, fundamental, definitely. And, you know, is there any sort of good examples online, you know, for sort of developing that RACI table? Is that something that, you know, you typically provide to, to our customers? Where can someone kind of dig out some best practices on developing a RACI table? We've got our TMF plan template where there is a RACI table. I mean, um, definitely uh, it's part of, of our training packages, uh, defining uh, uh, the role responsibility inside, uh, you know, the TMF process. So uh, it's part of our workshop to define a RACI table for the TMF management. So uh, if you're having a look, uh, you know, in in uh, in internet, you will definitely understand what RACI table is, but you need to customize this table to your TMF process. Uh, it's an effort. I, I'm going to tell you by my experience and by the experience of our customer that it's a very effort because uh, a RACI table, if uh, well written, is long, detailed, it can be confusing a little bit at the beginning, but with timing, it really helps to improve uh, your process. You will see the benefit of having this RACI table because uh, Apart from the, let's say, scary moment of the beginning where you see this table with the uh, R, A, C, I, and you don't understand what you really <laughs> need to do, uh, people then become familiar and they really are more uh, you know, able to understand, okay, this, there is a deliverable expected from me, or there is not, I, I need just to be informed. So I need to be involved in some discussion in some topic. Uh, so it's really, uh, an helpful tool and especially when there are you know lots of vendors lots of zero because we used to i mean last uh, last year we had a customer uh, that it was um, a sponsor working with something like five six uh, zero in the same clinical trial so 
you can imagine that uh, managing the TMF and metrics in that kind of scenario can be really challenging if you don't, uh, you know, clarify what is expected from, you know, all these stakeholders and what are the responsibility, accountability, and all the stuff uh, among all these stakeholders. So developer, I know that it's an effort. Uh, we, we used to support our customer in, in doing this kind of implementation, but you will see the benefit, absolutely. And are there, are there sort of areas where you see people sort of, uh, or, or places where people go wrong when it comes to sort of racy tables and things like that? What are some of the things, because like you said, there's, there's probably, you know, especially when you're coming into sort of a, a complex environment with multiple stakeholders, multiple organizations, you know, what are some of the things that you see where you can kind of recommend to avoid when it comes to racy tables? Is it something like assigning too many things to one person or what do you see? Yes, I mean, keep it, I mean, the, the best practice that we suggest is keep it simple as much as possible. Um, I mean, if a person, uh, uh, I mean, what I saw uh, with, with some of our customers was that uh, uh, when they implemented their IC table before, you know, uh, getting in touch with us, it was that they used to put uh, all the uh, RACI uh, letters for every, you know, uh, stakeholder of the, of the, of the process for the CTA, CPM, uh, let's say TMF lead, head of clinical operations, statistician, data manager. I mean, it's not necessary to put uh, a letter in each, uh, for each of these, uh, of these persons. So really define who is in charge of the final deliverable in the process, who are, expect, who are the expectation uh, in, as an outcome from the process. Uh, and so uh, develop uh, the, the process uh, as much easy as possible. And don't forget uh, to train and agree on the content of the RC table with the rest of the stakeholder. Because another point uh, that I see some weakness uh, is that uh, the one that is writing the RC table, so the one basically that is in charge of developing the TMF management plan, doesn't agree on the content. So, uh, at the end, the, if uh, someone is really uh, taking care of reading the risky table, maybe can uh, make some comment review before the finalization. Otherwise, you know, people just see this letter and don't think about that they are responsible for some activity. They are expecting to produce a quality check report, for example. So it's really important to agree uh, between all the stakeholders on the content and train people on the content if they are not you know, familiar with the RC table or if they are unsure about uh, the expectation, especially when there are lots of vendors, a lot of stakeholders. Uh, so the clarification of the expectation is, is fundamental. And this is why we strongly recommend uh, the use of a TMF management plan, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I got a comment here in the chat from my old pal, Nick, and, and you know, I think it, it really rings true. So, you know, it, when we think about, and this is, you know, coming from Nick, what Nick says is that it's important to ensure that all understand the difference between re responsible and accountable. And this is something that we see over and over and over again. Everybody wants to be accountable, especially senior leadership. And sometimes it's just not, it's not relevant. It's not required. And, you know, not everybody needs to be involved in a racy chart just because they have a certain job title or they hold a certain position. It really should be dictated and detailed based on your process and what makes most sense from start to finish, just in, including someone as accountable or responsible, especially if they're a senior leader with maybe 
a packed calendar and not much time in their day can can mean that you run into issues where there's you've created a bottleneck in your process now where this is something that's going to prevent you from improving it because you've you've essentially brought in somebody that maybe isn't relevant to be able to to be a part of it so nick thank you for that comment absolutely agree yeah totally agree thank you All right. So let's move on. So now that we've looked at defining accountability and responsibility, we've got to think a little bit about our methodology for metrics, right? So we've talked about what metrics we might want to track um, and how they relate to the goals and objectives that we've set. We've started to talk about who's going to be responsible for them. Now we've got to start to pull it all together. Um, When you typically are helping organizations put this methodology in place, what are some of the recommendations that you have, Donatella, when it comes to you know the frequency and the methodology and how best to structure it? Yes, so I think that uh, these slides uh, summarize uh, very well uh, our approach. So uh, it's a step-by-step approach, first of all. So we start with the definition of the goals. We start to identify with them the best metrics, uh, and we try to, you know, uh, at the very beginning, if they've never managed metrics, we recommend and we suggest to limit the number of metrics. So it's not, uh, again, don't uh, calculate and measure 21 metrics. It's not uh, necessary. Uh, Start uh, with little pieces, so define uh, maybe one type for completeness, one for quality, and one for timeliness based on some variable uh, on, the, on the company, study specific, and then start uh, to measure them. Obviously, these uh, uh, imply uh, a technology involvement uh, because uh, every TMF system have different feature and functionality to measure the metrics. Some systems don't have uh, lots of functionality, so it's a manual effort. So it depends uh, from technology support that you have, but define how to, me- to measure the metrics inside your ETMF. Uh, and especially define the frequency. This, this frequency, okay, here we put monthly basis because we love metrics and we love TMF, so we <laughs> love to find, to do these things every month, but they can be quarterly, they can be every six months. Again, it depends on the goal that you want to achieve. Maybe you've got a specific deadline, a specific timeline to respect. Maybe you need to reach to achieve a better quality percentage by the end of the year, so obviously you need uh, a higher frequency in checking these uh, uh, metrics to evaluate uh, if you're doing wrong or right. Um, or maybe it's uh, a long process of improvement. And so you want to take uh, to take it easy, let's say, and do this check every six months. So depending, uh, again, on the goals that you want to achieve. And obviously also on the, uh, on the team, uh, because uh, this is very company specific. We have worked with uh, uh, company that have a team of TMF uh, management process, so they are dedicated also to the metrics uh, management. In some other company, we saw a very big uh, influence from QA, from the QA department. In other, it's a, a higher level effort of clinical operation. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> I would say, very often. Uh, teams are not so well-skilled, uh, not lots of time to dedicate to, to metrics, but because the company has understood the relevance of the metrics, uh, they, they ask for outside uh, support. And this is uh, 
for example, where we come and we give this kind of external support for the measurement of metrics because uh, uh, they should become something very routine in your daily business, in your daily TMF process management, but it's easy to understand that if it's the first time that you implement this kind of metric programs uh, and maybe you don't have enough resources, uh, train resources, uh, you can ask, uh, you know, someone else, uh, someone uh, external with ma major expertise and skill uh, to guide you in this implementation and to guide you to understand the data because uh, it's a uh, really an understanding of the data contained in your TMF. And based on the data, you can then move on. Uh, this is why we suggest and recommend a PDCA approach. I mean, this is not a TMF approach. The PDCA approach is a very standard business approach, I, I would say, and it is a plan, do, uh, check, and act. So plan your TMF matrix program. We saw all the steps that are necessary for planning this uh, uh, metrics program. Do your metrics program. So putting in, uh, in concrete, in reality, uh, in, in practice, uh, what you are planning, measure your metrics, uh, do your reports uh, and, uh, and all the stuff. Check the results because obviously at the end you will have an outcome from this uh, activity. You will have uh, uh, deliverable, you will have data. So check the data are fine. Are you in compliance? Are you in deviation? Is there any error or issue to fix? Okay, in case, act. So a very important step that majority of the people we saw forget is once you have collected your metrics data, you need to do something. And it can be, I mean, majority of the time they are both a corrective action plus preventive action. Uh, just to give you a practical example to make you better understand, Oliver, we had uh, uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, it was funny because it was uh, uh, because we had the podcast on not to file and uh, it was, uh, I mean, the, the measurement of some quality uh, metrics, uh, we realized with this customer that there was a very abuse of not to file. Uh, and so obviously there was this uh, request of uh, reducing uh, and they not to file. So uh, we support them with a corrective action and the corrective action uh, was a try to uh, not delete this not to file, but try to understand if these uh, not to file were really relevant or they can, be, they can be avoided, try to make people understanding why uh, they didn't use in the proper way the not to file. The preventive action, uh, so try to avoid this issue in the future was, first of all, the implementation of a training. So we develop a training uh, right for them based on not to file, but on TMF process and model in general. Uh, and then we did a workshop on not to file. And we try to uh, also implement some best practice in their working instruction and SOP on TMF management around not to file. So we did, let's say, this kind of uh, double approach, a corrective action, try to fix immediately what was possible to fix, and then a preventive action to avoid the repetition of this data that was not a good data in the future. All right. We have a question here in that I think is a good one to ask. So do the regulatory authorities ask for TMF metrics for review during an, an inspection? Is that something that you've seen uh, metrics being reviewed by a GCP inspector? Or is it something that's probably larger for the sponsor teams? Uh, 
through you? No, honestly, by my experience, I never saw this kind of uh, request uh, for inspection, but uh, it is, uh, I mean, it's the way that you have to, to succeed the inspection. Uh, because, uh, mm, I mean, once uh, one of the aspects, the main aspect that uh, um, the inspector is going to check is the oversight of the of the of your TMF if you are a sponsor and you source the CRO and the metrics uh, programs plus the metrics checking regular checking is a tool that you have to demonstrate your oversight because maybe you have outsourced also the TMF management process so you're not going to you know indexing QC doing all the little step of the process but you need to ensure the oversight. And that means check the metrics, check the metrics of your TMF and verify where are the gaps and issue and try to mitigate as soon as possible then. Uh, they are not a requirement, a regulatory requirement, but they are a tool for you to ensure more inspection readiness because otherwise, especially when you are source or especially you know, with TMF, when uh, even if you have an ETMF, it's really challenging to understand uh, how inspection ready is, is the only way that you have to uh, capture this data from it and try to fix any issue uh, and remediation and do any remediation as soon as possible before the inspection come. Okay, amazing. So there you go, you have your answer. They shouldn't be reviewed by an inspector, but they are going to help you um, prepare and have a potentially, hopefully successful inspection. All right, so last step in the process. So we've, again, as a recap, so we start by setting goals and objectives. We start to then tie specific metrics that are going to help us monitor, measure, and improve um, those, those specific goals and objectives. Then we move on to understanding who might be responsible and assigning accountability and responsibility, things like a RACI table. Um, we talk about the methodology and the frequency that we want to focus on reviewing, measuring, and acting on these metrics. And now we've got to start to talk a little bit about the communication side of things. So Donatella, now that we've looked at kind of all of these different pieces, why is communication so important? And what are some of the things that you've seen or tools that you've, you've used in the past to be able to communicate you know, uh, a decrease or an increase in, in metrics to be able to communicate that to the larger teams? Yeah, absolutely. This is the last step of the of the process that you have uh, shared and explained. And because it's the last one, sometimes uh, uh, people forget it. Uh, so please don't forget it, because uh, if you've got uh, some metrics, some relevant data, uh, and you don't share this data with the relevant stakeholders, uh, you will not move forward. You will not uh, have an impact on your TMF process. So understand, the, analyze, get the result, and then communicate. So it's very important to define who is going to, 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 to get this information. So who, are, who is my audience? Uh, and what is the final goal that I want to achieve with this communication? Because maybe I am the CPM and I want to transfer my uh, the head of clinical operation that uh, uh, the amount of document banned by the CTA is too, is too much. We need to outsource, we need more resources, or maybe I need to transfer uh, the message that uh, our resources are not trained because they are failing too much in the QC, so people need to be retrained on the process. So depending on the message that you want to send and depending on 
the target, the final audience you want to, to achieve, there are different, uh, let's say, tool and way. You can use dashboard, you can use PowerPoint presentation, you can use uh, more written uh, report, very detailed with narrative. Uh, just to give you uh, a couple of examples, we uh, at services develop uh, two kinds of reports. Uh, one is called oversight and the other is ETMF health check report. Uh, similar in terms of uh, uh, metrics uh, and measurement with the same goal of inspection readiness, but very different in the communication because one is more uh, PowerPoint, uh, more uh, uh, graphics uh, design, so very powerful, let's say, and immediate. Uh, and this thought, and we saw that is uh, really uh, the fact that is thought for people that, you know, they don't have time to to read uh, 30 pages of a report that just want the data, the, the color that tells you, yes, you are inspection ready, not, this is the, uh, what is missing, these are the data. So something very fast and easy to understand. Um, but health check report, on the other hand, is very useful for QA department, mm -hmm. for other department that needs more detail because they need to understand the root cause of something that went wrong in the process. So uh, it's a different approach. It's a different way of communication for different audience for different uh, objectives. So uh, once you have defined and you've got your data, don't forget to communicate because communication is uh, really important uh, to do something with the data. You have the power to collect this data for your TMF, do something with this data, communicate them, uh, try to you know, improve the process, uh, correct an issue and fix an issue and be more inspection ready. And I guess that also gives you the opportunity to think about you know, if you've defined maybe some standard formats or themes to be able to communicate some of these metrics, whether it be presentations or reports, that's also an important step if you need to escalate, if there's an issue, something that needs to be addressed Absolutely. immediately to yeah. be able to do that, you need to have at least a process to be able to say, okay, well, when this happens, when we see this dip below this level, or when we see this number hit this level, what is the process for being able to escalate that so that we can build a plan to remediate the issue or you know, make a decision on what we're gonna do next? Exactly, remember that if it's not documented, it didn't happen. So if you don't document the metrics that you have uh, uh, measured and the data, you know, nobody will know that and nothing will be done. So absolutely agreed, Oliver, yeah. Oh, yes, here I really love this slide because, uh, you know, uh, I think that we love this exercise as Montreal of the start, stop and continue. Uh, but I want to hear your voice, Oliver, about that. So in terms of TMF metrics, what do you recommend in terms of start, stop and continue to do? Hey, this is this is an easy one, I think, um, for us over here at Montreal. I think there's there's some obvious stuff. I think I would go back and forth on a couple of different things that I would start to do. But I think if I was to synthesize into one thing that I would start doing when it comes to TMF metrics is using your TMF or managing your TMF in an active way. This is the only way that you're going to get better insights and drive metrics. Um, which means that the stop is actually to stop using your TMF as just a repository or as an archive. Um, this is only going to make inspections that much more painful. We need to evolve out of this archivist mindset. TMF is on the line. If someone says that you're an archivist, 
tell them you are not because that is not your job. We need to think about the TMF as this wealth of data and information that can help us make better decisions. But if we only use it as an end state, a place that we place documentation, we're never going to get information that we can that we can use to drive these metrics that can ultimately help us improve. And then continue, I would say, you know, at any point in time, we always have to be focusing on continuing to improve our processes. Never think your process is complete and the most perfect um, sort of organization it can be. Uh, and, and of course, metrics are going to be able to help you identify those areas of improvement over time. So I guess continue trying to think about, I need to always look at improving my process and metrics are going to help me do that to under, understand and evaluate areas where I can improve. So there you go. Start using your TMF in an active way. Absolutely stop using your TMF as an archive and continue to improve your processes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The State of TMF, a live event and podcast brought to you by Montrium, the leaders in clinical quality and regulatory solutions for scaling life science organizations. Wherever you've listened or watched, please like and subscribe and head over to Montrium's LinkedIn page for more great content. We'll see you next time.